Hello and welcome back to Even More News, the first and only news podcast. My name is Katie Stoll. Hi, Katie Stoll. Welcome to the last podcast as well. There's no hmm. more after this one. Hi, I'm a Cody. Except for next my, week's and the one is, after that. That's Cody. That's the name of me. That's your name, Cody. Hmm? And joining us today again, fan favorite, our friend, Dave Schilling. Hey, what fans are are are, are saying this about me? I, I I don't get enough comments. Our favorite, our fans. favorite fans. Okay, good. All right. Well, uh, that feels nice. It's good to be back. How's everybody doing? <laughs> pretty okay, man. So good All and things. okay and pretty good. Feeling a little deja vu-y these days, but not yeah. so bad. I can't be the only one that's feeling a little deja vu-y. It does seem like we're reliving the same year over and over again sometimes doesn't it mm-hmm. sure does a little bit yeah but this version of the year we get four at-home tests for us and i think we're getting a free mask at some point yeah ah. amazing so can you use that at least a few times year number three is different in good ways and maybe year number four uh will really nail it if you're really lucky, you might get a 2023 Ford Explorer in the mail from Joe Biden. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, a free car from Ford-a-thon. my president, sir. Right. Oh, that's a real American car right president. there, Ford Explorer. That gets good gas yeah. mileage. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I love cars. Oh, so that's my Joe Biden. Man, <laughs> it's really good. My favorite quote of his is, "Man, my dad could drive a car." <laughs> is that actually I used to sit on the porch like, <laughs> in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania and I just like to watch him drive just drive away <laughs> he, he never drive. came back but yeah. it was great to watch him leave <laughs> the one but, time ooh, you watch Didn't, him go couldn't watch him leave a second time because he did not come back <laughs> this is fun quick low calling out the holidays today January 20th <laughs> take a walk outdoors day already did already did remember the year when that's all we could do Mm. Yeah, baby. It was National Take Na- a Walk Day yeah, every day take a walk in 2020. Here. Take a walk, buddy. What else am I going to do? Hey, I'm walking here. I'm going to clap These are just... at 8 o'clock p.m. with everybody. Yeah, I'm paying some, energy some pots and pans anymore. and stuff. Yeah. January 21st, the day that this drops, mm. International Sweatpants Day. Ooh, celebrating yeah. early. All right. Uh, also, last year, or 2020, it was International Sweatpants Day every day. It's just, this is interesting. Like I said, straight up. up deja vu. Yeah, this month. <laughs> Jonathan, come through. You got any ham on that air horn? It took me like a minute and a half s- to pull up my air horn app. <laughs> and thank you so much for doing that. For doing mm-hmm. that, Cody. What was your question? Did you ask if he had any ham? If he had on any this? ham on the air horn? Uh, I don't have it on. Uh, I have an Android phone. I'm sorry. There we go. Uh, on iPhones had a, a, an app called Hamhorn, which was both the air horn and then uh, I believe it's from 30 Rock. Uh, a woman oh, saying, yeah. Ham! Yeah, I got mm-hmm. Ham. I got two the Sad trombone. Okay. You got, a, you, got a, you got a toot in there? You got like a fart machine? Yeah, a little, little tutor. No, little fart? no um, fart in this one. Wilhelm <laughs> scream, you know. We're like four or five years into the show and this is the first time we've had sound effects. We should get a soundboard for the show. I we I think we talked about it our very we first have. episode. Oh yeah, uh, slip in some smokings, you know. Come on, yeah. some uh, baba yeah. baba booey, baba booey, baba exactly. Uh, Pacino well, we'll saying that huge ass, huge, yeah, 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 yeah. She got a great. I want I want like fat bottom girls. Mm, just just the, just the song. 
Yeah, like I love the soundboard. <laughs> the just like, hey, it's like Spotify. It's just music. Yeah. It's just soundboard is one whole song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm missing the point of a soundboard, which My is soundboard just a quick is the sound. radio. I want to play music that then uh, gets copyrighted. Yeah, then we, and we can, have to yeah, take, down take down our work. We're going to talk about news, Dave. How are you? What's Personal? been going on? You haven't been on the show in a minute. It's been a while. Um, I I'm fine. You know, I. I I think in terms of coping mechanisms and things of that nature, I uh, I really throw myself into work mm-hmm. and uh, just ignore everything. But mm-hmm. there is <laughs> there is a uh, a positive. I guess this is a positive uh, development since I've been on the show. I avoided for for the last two years uh, um, news on TV. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't watch it. I think this is poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Even this the stuff that's relatively um, benign. Uh, just depressed me. It made me yeah. very sad. But I've gotten to the point where now I can watch uh, British news again on TV, and uh, it's a nice it's a nice feeling in the morning to to hear, uh, you know, these fancy pants people with their posh accents telling me about the end of the world. It's actually not so. Not it so goes weird. down a little bit yeah. smoother. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a little spot of tea, but it's uh, actually arsenic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> our, our boiling so arsenic. Yeah. What was the shift that happened that you felt you were able to better digest the news from BBC? It's going to sound uh, callous, but uh, nah. just uh, acting as though it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. If I'm just like, well, this doesn't matter. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't stop this. And then yeah. it, it, it can just be what it used to be for me, which is information. I am right. consuming information uh, it, without, without judgment. You know, the, the thing about compartmentalizing. American, yeah, American news requires your emotional investment. It is two mm-hmm. people fighting for your approval. It's like being with your parents when you're 12. Like people fighting for your approval. Yeah, it's I all about sensation it. and emotion. And yeah, like, get invested in this. As much as you can. This, is yeah. the, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen, or this is the best thing that could possibly happen. The same thing is true of any email that you get from a political fundraising organization. If it's a campaign, if it's a, a super PAC or something, it's this is the greatest news and Amy Klobuchar is crying right now. Or it's <laughs> this is the worst news and Amy Klobuchar is crying right now. Mm. I just want people to tell me what is happening mm-hmm. and then yeah. I can deal with it. Yeah, uh, extremely on my dry, own just like schedule. Yeah. Don't manipulate my emotions because there's enough of that happening. I don't need you to uh, be adding to this roller coaster. Yes, this is not entertainment. This is information. And the more that we treat it like entertainment, the more it does use the same tricks that um, dramatists, fabulists use to engender emotional responses from an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just can't handle that. But yeah. even Sky News, which is, of course, Rupert Murdoch, and he's <laughs> the worst person in the whole world, even that in the UK is more sober than American news. Yeah, I was gonna say like it. That's interesting because I feel like obviously like any any country's news is gonna have issues with it, and like BBC or Sky News or whatever is, is gonna have issues and and their little propaganda, whatever they're gonna do. But I imagine it is a lot easier to digest than specifically American news, yeah, which is what's, all just the absolute worst, no matter what channel you're on. Absolutely, and what's really great about it is they are right now in the middle of a scandal around Boris Johnson, Boris. the prime minister, throwing a party during the lockdown in 2020. 
multiple parties. One of them before what Prince Andrew's funeral or something. People are aghast. They're horrified. This man did this and that he knew about it and he allowed it to happen. They're talking about they were cases of wine brought into Downing Street. How <laughs> horrible is that? And it's just nice to watch the news from a country where uh, politicians can be um, chastised for their behavior mm. and no one's going to come on and defend it. Even yeah. the Tories, uh, every Tory politician that comes on Sky News is like, oh, this is very bad. And, you yeah, know, we, love, yeah. we love the queen and how dare he do this? And it's really, it's a dereliction of duty and this kind of thing. Like people are surrounding uh, him with pitchforks. And nothing like that happens here anymore. It is just a series of grenades thrown back and forth. Yeah, and all the in the wagons and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, they feel is, it's yeah. really comforting to to feel like uh, I'm 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 in 1993 like, again, and people like, like oh, yeah, this yeah. Is a scandal feels moderately normal in some capacity. Also, just um, in general, other countries' news is we turn on the news here, and it's 100 percent the expected American stories about the American you know, hellscape, politics, blah, blah, blah. But there's things happening everywhere else <laughs> that are dire and vital and important. And we don't have any capacity for that here. <laughs> Nobody yeah. pays attention to that. I know this isn't on the rundown of the show per se, but I, I do want to talk a little bit more about this because I feel like one of the problems that we have and will continue to have is the lack of government funded news and information in this country. Every other country that you're talking about, they've got some kind of um, state-financed news organization. Some of them are, are propaganda, like in Russia, obviously. These are, these are propaganda outfits for Putin. But then there are places like in Britain or in Canada or, or other places where these organizations like the BBC or CBC are relatively independent and are not beholden to the political whims um, of the, the leaders of the time. Here, we don't really have that. What we have is state-run media for profit, essentially, mm -hmm. which is MSNBC or Fox News, yep. depending on who's in power. And that's worse. That's somehow worse to me than propaganda. <laughs> it, like state-run finance propaganda is propaganda for profit because then anything is possible. Yes. And it's even, it just seems more insidious to me that yeah, people they, are making uh, money off the, of this. Right. If you have the profit motive to get eyes on you uh, uh, and like capture, yeah, capture the hearts and the eyes of people, uh, then you can say literally whatever you want because Look at it, as long, well, <laughs> yeah, as long as, uh, as long as it makes you money, that means it's good. Um, yeah. It's or the why yeah. profit motive should be like not in many things that are actually <laughs> for the public good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's like uh, how we treated the uh, January 6th anniversary. And I know you guys have probably talked about it already, but boy, did we we really treated it like it was some sort of like anniversary to like think about or, or it, it wasn't mm. no, no one it's was treating it too. as. Yeah, it was it was this thing where it's like, well, be patriotic. You know, we got to be patriotic <laughs> through this and wave the flag and these kinds of things. And that's missing the point. We continue mm -hmm. to miss the point. But because it was an anniversary of a horrific event that we all had to live through, the news organization saw it as an opportunity to get people mm -hmm. to watch their channel. And and not yeah. a, a moment of, of actual reflection. It was a moment yeah. to uh, sell Cialis. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be empty. 
Um, and then you can and go to Cialis's uh, Twitter page, and they'll be like, "We stand with uh, brave uh, Capitol Police." I'm like, thanks. Yeah, boo. Uh, yeah, uh, an Eminem is going to be a Capitol policeman. Did you hear that? The blue one. Yeah. <laughs> a, a related but separate thought to your original point here, Dave. I've been thinking about just what a problem it is. Uh, I understand paywalls and the necessity of paywalls for, you know, journalists and salaries and whatnot. But Fox News doesn't have one. And of the majority not. of majority of our uh, news platforms do. And that's a big fat fucking problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they know that. For they know that they're yeah, they know. They to, know it. To, yeah. Um, but they're, also, you know, they're going to make yeah. money. They're going to whatever. It's like that's the thing that's the most important. And the, anyway, you go ahead, Cody. Oh, no. I mean, I agree. We, we've, and we've, I feel like we've talked about this on the show, too, where you have like so many um, highly funded, like like the right wing media sphere, even like the yeah. quote independent version of it. Um, like the Turning Point USA type stuff and things like that that are heavily funded and it doesn't even have to turn a profit because the goal for them is just we got to get this propaganda out. We have to convert these people. And so they pump money into it um, because the ideology they're selling is going to help make them more money elsewhere. Uh, if it's all this sort of pro-corporate, pro-capitalist, uh, like free market kind of stuff, that's going to make them money. Whereas if you pour money into like a more left wing sort of apparatus that's not going to make the money because the end result of the ideology is so they get they have less money um so it's more likely that you're going to have a place like fox news like oh yeah well no paywall whatever like we'll pump whatever money in that we can because it benefits us ultimately yeah and meanwhile there are defund NPR campaigns out there by people who've never mm-hmm. donated to NPR in their life and think 100% mm-hmm. of NPR funding comes from the federal government. That's right. Yep. Where do you think the tote bags are for? Huh? Yeah. God. All those shows are, are sponsored by Mercedes Benz now. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Marketplace brought to you by Nabisco. Like, because they yeah. have to. Hello, food fans. Do you like food? You know, to survive. Maybe you think food should be free. Maybe it will be one day. Anyway, I want to tell you about Imperfect Foods, a grocery service that will deliver food right to your door. It works like this, you see. Many farmers tend to have excess supply that, while tasting delicious, might not fit the beauty standards of food. And so Imperfect Foods will take this food off the farmer's hands and deliver it to you. You don't even have to get up. You can, like, hit the grocery bags in with like a big stick or a broom or something. I don't know, maybe some kind of conveyor system. The point is that you have options. According to Imperfect Foods, their customers save six to eight pounds of food with every order. And unlike on-demand delivery companies, Imperfect delivers weekly by neighborhood, a unique model that produces 25 to 75% fewer emissions than individual trips to the grocery store. So geez, why not give them a try? Right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code more news. Again, 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com when you use promo code more news. Join the movement at imperfectfoods.com and use code more news. Oh, 
wowee, hosting a new show is a lot of business, let me tell you. I'm always on my cellular telephone doing business, making business deals, wearing a dark suit and glasses and leather trench coat, running and doing flips, optimizing my workflows, and circling back to things. This is why I should switch over to Mint Mobile. I could save so much of my business money with one of their plans starting at just $15 a month. That's right, premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. How could this be? Are we living in some kind of computer simulation? All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can do your business, like I do all my business, super fast and therefore get your business done in no time, but also just the right amount of business. Because with Mint Mobile, you can choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data that you never use for business. It seems like a good deal folks a good business deal folks so to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free go to mintmobile.com slash more news that's mintmobile.com slash more news for all of your business and synergy and living in a computer simulation needs cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash more news speaking of uh, anniversaries today the 20th is uh, officially one year of Biden being in office. J20. Oh, what a day that was last year, wasn't it? What Did you watch the remember? inauguration? Either no. of you. No. I saw the I saw Bernie and his mittens and that's it. Um, I I didn't watch it. Like I didn't watch Obama's second one. I certainly did not watch Trump's. Mm-mm. Um but I did watch Biden's. Because I wanted to just feel some catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After January 6th and all of that, I just needed to feel like, okay, well, this is going to happen and uh, we can move on. Not move on because we haven't moved on, but we, we, <laughs> can, we can at least know that this tradition proceed. will proceed. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I watched it and I was bored to tears and I thought it was, mm-hmm. it's such, it was such a ridiculous ceremony um to even just the idea of doing it during yeah. uh, a surge a covid surge was so absurd yeah. To me. yeah before people had vaccinations and uh, i mean i i believe i watched part of it i didn't i didn't watch all of it let's you get know, this elderly man out in, he also in wasn't my first pick yeah <laughs> let's get this old man to be breathing air around a bunch of other people after uh hundreds of of uh maniacs <laughs> yeah. Try to like, yeah. like assassinate in, also, like, the vice president in the cold too. It's just like you're waiting for like a William Henry Harrison ending where you're like, all right, <laughs> yeah. well, twenty days in now, he beat the president Kamala Harris. Like, <laughs> exactly. I I just I remember being like, what are we even doing anymore? Um, but he has been in office. It has been a year. Uh, he did it. Next we did week, it. Little, little spoiler. Next week we have a video coming out about Biden's year in office. Um, but he gave a press conference right as we were about to start, start shooting it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> disclaimer, uh, we're going to try to add some clips throughout the episode because there are going to be some relevant points that he addresses that are directly related to the sections that we have. So relevant. But, uh, but it's not like fully with this yeah. uh, press conference in mind. Yeah. It just was very funny. So then we paused and we're kind of pivoting. But. Um, he spoke yesterday, so we're just going to spend a little bit of time talking about that 
on today, the anniversary of his mm-hmm. inauguration. The anniversary um, of Take a Walk Outdoors Day. Yeah, Take a Walk Outdoors Day in your sweatpants. Which Bernie did um, begrudgingly. Which he did in his mittens. Man, th- that meme doesn't feel more than a day old. Yes, it does. It feels stale. <laughs> but it's still cute. He had a lot to say about how well he's done. You know, his accomplishments. Respons- claimed responsibility for a drop in child poverty. You know, people getting vaccinated, which, you know, not necessarily his to his credit. But yes, sure. he was involved in that. He does tweet about it uh, every other day that yeah. vaccines uh, work. So... Let's give credit to the big man himself. All right. DT got it done. DJT. Let's give it up to DJT. Finally. Finally, some credit. Operation Warp Speed, baby. It it worked. He talks about. He said schools should remain open, citing funding that had been sent to states and school districts to keep schools from becoming vectors of contagion. So because uh, funding has been sent to schools, they should remain open during this surge where everybody's getting sick and they don't have enough teachers so they're asking parents to come in and substitute okay in new okay. mexico they're trying to get the national guard to come in oh boy today. that's fun um and like they're getting like there's some classrooms with like local cops just like being substitute teachers now oh that's a good um, idea so i guess the uh the right-wing dream of giving uh te- all teachers guns is finally coming true we're so yeah, we're the cops are already in the there the like yeah exactly yeah put them at, the, awesome. at the chalkboard now It'll be awesome for some uh, National Guard guy to be like, here's how you rehydrate a steak dinner. <laughs> Here, take this MRE and pour some water right. on it. Yeah, let's get all sloppy. Sloppy steaks, baby. <laughs> Build back better. Quote, it's clear to me that we're probably going to have to break it up. End quote. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he admits defeat. Cool. Uh, and this one's fun. Republican obstruction. Biden says that he didn't anticipate this level of obstruction and says that Republicans were not nearly as obstructionist during the Obama presidency what? as they are what? now. What? So it's, it's this true. is the real one I wanted to hit because we, we laughed and uh, were angry about this a bit yesterday during our shoot. And it's, it's like obviously either it's an obvious lie or he's so stupid because the rest of us knew it would be a problem. <laughs> well, he's a, a he's a tired he's tired. We've we he's go a tired we talk politician. about this a lot. He's old he's old and tired, so maybe he's just like not thinking about it. Did you but, forget? Uh, it wasn't he, that long ago. Well, because he's said in the past, like it's not just like, hey, buddy, you were there when Barack Obama was the president. You we all know this. Everybody knew this uh, and told you this when you announced your candidacy for president. You called Trump an aberration. You can reach across the aisle and work with the Republicans. Everyone said no, you can't. But even when he became the president, Mitch McConnell said that he would do everything he can to stop everything he tried to <laughs> yeah. do. And Biden himself responded to that. Um, and he said he would like something like, yeah, well, I, you know, I was there during Obama. We got a lot done. So, like, it's just this it's I think it's a combination of naivete um, but also, and this like desperate need to get back to the illusion of what normalcy used to allegedly be. I don't know. There's part of me is like, like, does he want to get all this stuff done that he had to say? Like, there's a lot of stuff he had to say in the primary in order to like catch up to people, right? Like Biden's always sort of, uh, going with the wind. That's sort of his, been his whole career trajectory. Um, and so in the primaries, you know, he doesn't want to cancel student debt at all. 
Bernie and uh, Elizabeth Warren are saying going to cancel fifty thousand dollars. He's he, so he has to say, ah, uh, I'll, I'll do ten thousand. I'll do ten thousand because he knows that that's where the country is moving, and so he has to say something like that, um, but doesn't actually want to do it. Yeah, there's a certain amount of stuff that he said that didn't he didn't want to do that he just said and to get elected and. Oh, those pesky Republicans. Yeah. You can he blame it on that, but having not any actual intentions. He fundamentally does not understand how politics work in 2020. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. He's, what is he, like in his early 80s? How old yeah. is this man now? He's uh, he's definitely silent generation. 79. Um, 79. 79 years old. Mm. Politics. My parents. Politics are no longer about accomplishing things. It is about setting goals that are achievable or distracting people with wedge issues. And Democrats will never, ever, ever, ever accept this as long as Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden are in charge of the party because they don't, they don't think that anything about America has changed. But everything about America has changed and it's going to continue to change. We are on a continuum of history. We don't go backwards. We can repeat it. It's faster now, too. It changes even faster. See that it's changing or it's not accepting it or seeing that it's changing, but still thinking that the old way of doing something is the way it needs to be done. But I'll just push back and say it never worked. You know, like the old way. Also, when we say go back to the way things were, what are you talking about? When was, when, were Democrats and Republicans on the same side? That's the point of having different parties. Military budgets. Military never, budgets and things of that nature. Military, yes, sure. There's going to be certain, there's going to be certain arenas <laughs> where- $30 million on Havana syndrome. But like, I uh, will right, get to that. We're but like, you know, and Cody, <laughs> you said this in one of our meetings this week. If it's bipartisan, bipartisan, it's probably bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, if they, if they both agree- that's probably going to be a problem, um, or at least it's not a good. It's not good. It's not progress. The system is fundamentally broken because we can't live in a country with two sides. Mm. Why did we ever think that was a good idea? <laughs> well, let's well, just that's... divide the entire country up into two factions: a blue team and a red team, and they'll fight every couple of years, and one of them will win, and. The other one, the losing side, will just uh, kind of go with the flow, right? That's what always happens when you split up a group of people into two distinct factions. And they won't get farther and farther away from each other. They'll pull together, surely. Yes, of course. Unless they have a common enemy to fight, there will be no reason for these factions Mm -hmm. to come together. And that's why the Federalist Papers talked about not having political parties, that they were a bad idea, that they would create division in a country. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. I would also posit maybe if you're you're going to have political parties, maybe more than two. More than two, yes. A parliamentary system works. It's, It's clear that it works. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, what's happening in, in England. They get angry at their politicians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. then there's, uh, we, we don't need to get into it too much, but like even the vote, the where probably we'll talk about the voting rights uh, bill, but like there's some stuff even in that that like makes third parties even harder. Like they don't want yeah. that. They do not want third parties to be successful at all. They well, because this duopoly that they have, um, even though it's like, oh, we can't get it done, but it just keeps keeps it all moving. It's fine for them. If there was a party that actually represented 
the people and the real issues that are happening and actually, you know what? They'd probably fucking win. All right, mm. Ross Perot, why don't you slow down mm. here with your fancy pants ideas yeah. about everyone being represented in a political system. Okay. And <laughs> in conclusion, Jill Stein <laughs> won in 2016. Mm. <laughs> I do think that... Uh, the the parliamentary system is the best way to prevent a you know a fascist takeover of a country because the splintering of any sort of um faction within a political system prevents anyone from accumulating too much power that's not to say that Germany was perfect. Except I was going to say, except <laughs> other than Germany, Germany. <laughs> except but the, it's, the it's, big example, but the biggest. But example in general, all. yeah. But in general, yeah. I mean, I think today, certainly, you know, back then we didn't have the very obvious example of "don't do that." But I think right. now you look at France has been flirting with Le Pen and, and you know fascist mm. elements for a long time, but they've been mostly kind of just like marginalized. But they have they've had this ex- sort of legitimacy which almost blunts the effect of that message maybe i'm not sure but i it's certainly better than what we have now where you really only need a simple majority to um control everything and it's really scary yep but what yeah if? it's fucking scary but joe it's biden good. wants to go back to normal guys uh-huh. he wants to yeah. go back to normal and um, he's done a great job probably according to him or he's we learned his are, lesson. I don't know. I, I don't know It's he, hard to say. I don't even know anything. Tune in next week do. for our video where we unpack this some more. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, kids and kiddos. Then we'll be back for even more news. Oh. So don't ooh. sweat it. Hey, news friends. Listen here. Life is all about growing and learning new skills and such. And a good way to do that is through the magic of looking at and absorbing the meanings of words. Personally, I'm reading a book called How to Pick Locks, as well as Man Trapping by Ragnar Benson. And finally, Making Homemade Candy by Glenn Andrews. And I got access to all of those books I'm definitely reading on Scribd. Scribd has instant access to millions of ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, and more, all with one low monthly subscription. Sites like Wired, TechCrunch, and Forbes call it Netflix for books, which makes sense because that's what it is. But also, and I looked into this, every time you read a book on Scribd, they actually pay the author or publisher. So if you need to read up about bunker survivalism or take another look at The Catcher in the Rye or check out one of the many biographies of Meryl Streep, you can do that all from one extensive library. Imagine all the knowledge you can catch casually explore with Scribd. It's like that Star Wars library, or perhaps just a regular library, that you get access to for just $9.99 a month. Only right now, Scribd is offering our listeners two months of Scribd for only 99 cents. You heard me right. It's no fooling. Just go to try.scribd.com slash more news to get your first two months for less than a buck. Again, that's try.scribd.com slash more news. And we are back as promised for even more news. Dave, what were you just saying to me? Oh, boy. Well, we're talking about parliamentary government and and how it's generally better than what we have here. um, A representative democracy or whatever the hell, republic, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, But there is a really good example of a poorly run parliamentary democracy in the world and that is israel 
which mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. been controlled by the Likud party now for I can't even, I've lost track how many decades, 20 years or something. Um, and that has it's not changing anytime soon. They've got this weird power sharing agreement um, that doesn't I don't know if it's working because I'm not from there. I can't speak as an expert, um, but they have one of the most hardline politicians possible. Yeah, as their prime minister right now, and uh, I don't think that's great. I think that's quite bad. Mm. So there, there are downsides to every political uh, system. We're not. Here oh yeah, politics are bad. Don't li- don't pay to them. In Just don't There's get no involved. Political yeah. system. Poli- <laughs> politicians are not to be trusted. I think technically, Naftali Bennett is part of the new right, uh, the farther right than Likud. But your your point still. Point well, still they stands. are splitting. They're splitting power. Like they, right. they're like, oh, we'll just switch off. But he wouldn't. Bennett wouldn't be able to be in power without Likud's support. And so the fact that they're all in this kind of bizarre coalition is is. And it's still about protecting their power and their control. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's they're still consolidating their authority uh, for the purposes of keeping people down. Speaking of power and control, I'm going to shift gears a little <gasps> bit. Because I want to talk about this Joss Whedon redemption profile, hmm, whatever. Joshy, Joshy Wadone. Did you guys read this? I hope you did. I sure did the whole thing. You sure did. You I had, I had a, I had a, a free article left on Vulture. <laughs> yeah, good. I did too, Speaking and then I opened it again, it and I had to open it into an incognito window, mm-hmm. um, and that, that worked for me. What a journey it was reading that. I had to do it in chunks. Because I was mad about mm. it. Uh, and it starts off, I mean, throughout it, I, I would make the, take the stance that this writer was very sympathetic to Joss Whedon, presenting facts, presenting bo- his responses, but lots of little editorializing throughout it, you know, little reminders of his childhood or his past or little details. And maybe I could be reading into it wrong. But at the beginning of this article, um, you know, I thought for a minute maybe he would take some accountability or there would be some growth. You know, it talks about how changed he is. He's a shell of his former self, how he shuffles around. He doesn't see anybody. He doesn't leave this house. His wife comes in, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as it goes on, (laughs) it all feels like an act. Basically, this thing is full of examples of, of Joss Whedon acknowledging what's been said and giving excuses, Mm -hmm. giving excuses and saying, you know, like, well, I, I, I think that maybe the problem was I was too nice. Maybe, uh, (laughs) they misunderstood it. Uh, Maybe, maybe English. Well, yeah. Yeah. Zack Snyder, you know, had his own goals for, for me. I mean, like everything has some excuse. So what the fuck are we doing wasting our time reading this bullshit? <laughs> like, mm. It feels like he's testing the waters to see if it's time for him to come out of the water, come out of his hole or whatever. And can I work again? I don't know. Yeah. That's exactly well, still, I felt very frustrated. Still- Still working though, right? Doesn't he have like that Nevers show? He's he he's not working on that anymore. That. They they pulled him off of it. Yeah, that was part he's of his um, his punishment for being mean to Ray Fisher on the set of mm. Justice League. This is the same thing that Alec Baldwin has done with the shooting on the set of the movie Rust. Uh, the gun dis- discharged, and a person was hit and died. And I feel terrible about it. I, I have dreams about it. And it's awful that it happened. 
But at no point does this man say, it is my fault. I allowed all of these things to happen on this set because I was a producer. Because ultimately, he knows he is legally liable for it, and he mm-hmm. will be sued, and he will lose lots of money. So he can't he, say, yeah, he can't say yes, if, yeah, he, he just he can't, even if he wanted to. And I don't think he wants to. I don't think he wants to take right. responsibility. No, I don't for think his it. brain would let him. But no, that's, and Joss Whedon is clearly the same way because he never once says I, I, I did a, I did horrible things and I'm incredibly sorry. And the only I'm thing so- he he says is like f- affairs. Yeah, seems to suggest that he won't say that he was mean to Charisma Carpenter or Ray Fisher mm-hmm. or, or Gal Gadot or whoever it was who has come out and said you suck. Or the story about Allison Hannigan, or I think it was Allison Hannigan, or oh no, Michelle Trachtenberg can't be on the There's set so with many. him by himself. Why? Yes. What happened? Yes. Oh, no, I'm what happened see. behind that closed door? I mean, the, the thing is just full, full of stories. And yes, absolutely no accountability. Why are why are why are we even talking about it? Why is this piece be, being written? I mean, this comes on the heels of you know James Franco recently is kind of starting his little redemption he at least thing. said i'm sorry didn't he he did he did but he also qualified some things yeah i'm not he saying he's said, a he's a paragon of virtue or we should no bring him but back he did it better the, yeah he did way better than joss least, whedon. Yeah. he did better than joss whedon um and the other thing that really just is i mean look i'm preaching to the choir here i don't think anybody is shocked by this we know we've seen it but it's just so interesting this fan cult dumb uh that arises and feeds the ego of i mean i hate to say white men but there's a lot of white men in this sphere and you know and then their their big downfall but there's just the the it's wild to read this cult of personality around him or he's almost religious figure and that feeds into his inability to take accountability. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like, I, I deserve this, these kinds of accolades. These people loved me before, you know, I've done, I've built something incredible. I am infallible. This inability to take a, ma- a, a microscope or a magnifying glass and, and turn it on themselves. Um, and, you know, I'm, I won't say woke, but these pretend feminists, these, they're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. It's all about power. This is a man who wanted to amass power. And, and and I think the places in which this profile um worked for me or or were illuminating of some some universal truths is one, this man, this small little tiny man who was uh, abused and manipulated by his family, went out and became an abuser himself. Mm-hmm. That is a hundred percent like what people experience every day is that the cycle of abuse that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so he went out and he tried to go get power. He wanted, he wanted to accumulate this power. So he didn't feel powerless like he did as a child. The other thing is I do think it was a really effective uh, piece uh, of, of anti idolatry um, media. Like, I think that the, the, the piece was very clear that, the the way in which people idolize this man uh, were detrimental to themselves and to society, mm-hmm. and that we should not do this anymore. But we have been doing this since the beginning of mass media. Oh, this is the great. I mean, even before that, look at Jesus. <laughs> Jesus ended up having a whole religion designed around him. 
because yeah. people just couldn't get enough of whatever he was saying. Uh, we're yeah, always going to idealize and, and lionize mortal human beings, but hopefully we can do it less. Yeah. And, and it's usually, and you're especially correct. these days, it's usually people who are like, are still like, they're so distant from the actual people who are idolizing them. Um, like, you can say you can get close to like a creator because of their writing or whatever, but like not really, uh, clearly. Um, and uh, we just, it's so easy for people to attach so many things onto a person they've never met. Um, and I mean, we do it with politicians obviously too, now yeah. more than ever, which is a whole other unhealthy thing that we should not do. It's These uh, are people that are fabulous. These are dramatists. These are people that take... Um, what's in their head and they make fake stories about uh, what's mm -hmm. in their head. Of course, you're going to get an incredibly skewed portrait of the person that is doing the creating. What I write or what anybody else writes is not who they are. It is mm -hmm. their idealized version. Even the parts where mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really getting, uh, getting going deep in, uh, in, into my pain and my trauma. It's still the version of your pain and your trauma that has a happy ending or paints you in a positive light or makes you the that protagonist. That has a beginning, middle, end. Or exactly. like some that sort of redemption or whatever sort of, it is. Yeah. But it's because a fictional that's what we demand redemption. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So expect. it's so it's so appealing to to project yourself right. onto those people who say, uh, I am, you know, I've got these answers or I, I, I've created this world where you can uh, have this power fantasy. Uh, Joss Whedon's power fantasy clearly was about him having sex with hot women. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we all pretended like it was some sort of beautiful feminist utopia when it was right there for us to stare at. Woody Allen right. is the same way. Woody Allen made these movies. People were like, wow, he really wrote this great character, Annie Hall. What an empowering mm -hmm. character that was. And when you take five seconds, just five seconds to be like, hmm, what if this is just a pervert who wants to write these stories mm -hmm. about how he has sex with hot chicks? Uh, then it blows up the entire idea that this man is a feminist icon. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. I mean, it's just, I agree with everything both of you have just said. A lot of people seem to be uncomfortable with the truth that their heroes are human beings who are not perfect and make mistakes and have a hard time accepting anything other than that because of whatever reasons. Um, and yeah, that is a major takeaway from this piece. Um, but also just because you have suffered abuse does not mean that you get to perpetuate that uh, in any capacity, obviously. And um, continuing to deny it, <laughs> gaslight people, not to overuse that word, but it is just denying the absolute reality of what happened is gaslighting. And there, yeah. There are just so many stories too. Like, how can you really deny like every single one of these? Because none of them are good. Um, even if a, yeah. just a few of them are true, it's there should be remorse there. But there are just so mm -hmm. many. Yeah. Narcissists funny love when to assume that everyone's out to get you mm -hmm. instead of yeah. just being yeah. a prick. Yeah, exactly. Maybe God, I see it everywhere shit. now. Tell when there's like because a lot of the things in there he like straight up denies like some of his motivations yeah. for the Ray Fisher cuts or things with Gal Gadot but then when he's confronted with the fact that he, he and like an actress were making out behind like a producer like behind 
a chair in her office or something it was like while like she's that. writing or he, something she's like trying to write i think right right like, and then yeah. he says like that doesn't sound right when confronted with that yeah kind of like, yeah yeah no that's false that didn't happen mm-hmm. that, doesn't, mm-hmm. sound that right. doesn't sound right yeah. might have been more discreet like about my affair i love the included detail of um he he was instructed if he can't answer a question he should say he has to go to the bathroom and then he asks him a question and he's like i have to go to the bathroom I, I the whole know point of that strategy is you don't tell the profiler that's you don't what tell you're the doing profiler yeah it's like I guess here's it wasn't my compl- tail when i'm playing poker yeah. i scratch my nose just ever yeah. so slightly um i don't understand what the motivation is for these people anymore uh, this this and the jeremy strong one I don't know if you guys saw the interview yeah. Brian Cox did for his book. I sure did. Oh, and yeah. people were asking him, like, hey, cl- what, what's going on with Jeremy Strong? And we're like, oh, we love him. He's great. He's really difficult. I don't know why he said yes to this. Yeah. And I, yeah, I yeah. asked myself right, the same right. question when I was reading it. I was like, what did you, st- what, what are you, what are you after? What did you what think is going to happen? Yeah. There's a reason why Beyonce doesn't give interviews. Mm. Yep. There's a reason why all these celebrities just kind of go through life being celebrities. It's yeah, because they yourself. know. Don't, don't speak out loud. Never speak. They know. And I've done this. I've written celebrity profiles before. I know like what goes into it and, and how vulnerable these people are making themselves for the purposes of getting attention. But it's you're never going into it as a journalist uh, with purely altruistic motives. <laughs> you're going in this to get <laughs> some outrageous detail that is going to make someone Absolutely. look terrible. So what are you doing, Joss Whedon? What are you doing, Jeremy Strong? Jeremy Strong's one was just kind of funny, and we all had a laugh. I'm sure it hurt his feelings deeply. I'm sure it did. Yeah, He's yeah. obviously a very sensitive man, but it wasn't damaging to his reputation. It just kind of no. It was just kind like of silly. Kind yeah. of a silly goofball. All right, you're a silly actor, actors, yeah. whatever. We all agree. Silly, we know. You take it. You take um, your job seriously. <laughs> yeah. you're not a monster, and like the stories aren't that you're a monster. It's like you're yeah, kind of difficult Joss to work Whedon with on the other hand. Yeah. yeah, has been cast out of uh, Eden. And now he wants back in by making himself look worse. What if I stepped on my own dick again? Right, and like... And maybe it works for him. I don't know. But even if you're going to like reject all these these accusations and, and try to like make them all sound better than they are or whatever... Even if you you think maybe maybe I can spin it to make it sound better, you're still agreeing that like there's going to be a very very long article that collects everything bad people right. have said about you, right? Right. Like, e- regardless of how you respond, it's all going to be there. Yeah. Um, like even the story, like the one um, about the notes that he gave to that one Firefly script, where like he just did this like basically 90 minutes of bullying to this one female writer about like he made a fake slideshow and just like read her script out loud and shit on it the entire time was this the one that was the psychic the part-time psychic was it there's a writer who had like a a whole spiel about him and i don't like yeah i I was also a part-time psychic or i am a part-time psychic or something uh anyway yes i can meet him uh that was uh for agents of shield i think not okay but right uh, okay um but it's just like just like you want us all to read these stories man (laughs) yeah what are you thinking here they're all gonna be here yeah, and nobody forgets about this stuff anymore. And I think people like Louis C.K. who are trying to do their redemption tours or whatever, mm. they have a choice. You can either um, do what Joss Whedon is doing, which is double down and continue to fail at, at succeeding and returning to uh, prominence. Or you can be do what Louis C.K. did, which is not give a shit yeah. and become a right-wing hero. 
Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon mm-hmm. could go make some sort of adolescent power fantasy for Fox where Absolutely. grown men and women Shapiro. dress up in leather outfits and use superpowers and, and stomp around in jack boots and kick ass, which he's already done before. He could do a sci-fi before. thing about cancel he's already done that. Like, that's all he's got to do, right? Like, yeah. Yes. It'll find its place. Um, I think we should move to broken news, but I'll just end with this little choice bit from the end of this profile. Nobody ever fell from a pedestal into anything but a pit, Whedon told me on a call one day. A few months had passed since our conversations at his house. In that time, he'd finally made peace with himself. Could I have done marriage better? Don't get me started. Could I have been a better showrunner? Absolutely. Should I have been nicer? He considered the question. Perhaps he could have been calmer, more direct. But would that not have compromised the work? Maybe the problem was that he'd been too nice. He said he'd wanted people to love him, which meant he was when he was was direct, people thought he was harsh. Quote. Well, I think, oh, oh, sorry. I think I'm one of the nicer showrunners that's ever been. End of wow. piece. Well, I hope the weather is nice in that pit he's ba- uh, dug for himself. <laughs> yeah. Never escaped from. Um, I, I, I think that this was actually a very skillful profile because it did allow him the um, the avenue to get across his point. But the writer was skillful enough to just allow him to um, damage himself further. You know, if maybe you don't maybe you've that... changed my thoughts on this piece because I was so angry about it, like not wanting to read this, um, that I His felt frustrated. But I think themselves. you're... Well, right, your, that's your, like... your point is correct. He does let he gives him the room to hang himself, kind of. He's giving him the opportunity by not being confrontate. He's not directly yeah. saying the thing, but he's allowing it to speak for itself. Yeah, he's saying saying the facts in a specific order with quotes in a specific order to elicit um the reaction that he, he got. Um yeah, I mean, this, I've never profiled anybody quite as as famous as Joss Whedon, but famous people, very, very famous people with serious problems. And the first thing you have to do is engender trust from them. Mm-hmm. That they are safe. That makes sense. If they don't let their guard down, then they were never going to give you the things that you need. It is a hostile environment. It's a hostile relationship. But it is one where you have to create the illusion of mm-hmm. congeniality. Otherwise, you're screwed. So well, this was, well, I think this good is a cop. really, really great piece um, because it got him to say the things that we wanted him to say, which is, I have no remorse. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. If only I had yeah. been that nice. Should have been less nice. I'm yeah. actually one of the nicer ones of all the ones. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, otherwise, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron would have been compromised, you know? Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. we need Dills. that art to be as arty as possible. Yeah. Please make that good art. <laughs> if I were, if I were less nice, Age of Ultron would have been good, better. Again, I still didn't enjoy reading it. It made me so upset. Oh yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a fun read. It's not. Yeah. It's not like I like was sure. so upset. Uh, yes. Dave, um, uh-huh. real quick, if you're comfortable answering this, uh, do you have like a favorite profile you've done, or like one that was particularly fun, or that you're proud of, or you're like, I can't believe uh, I really I got had a- that. I had a good time talking to David Duchovny. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. All right. I'll just say that uh, there was a point in time where he threatened to sue me. Oh. And that didn't work out for him because he his his uh, his attorneys lied about <gasps> the circumstances of our interview. 
Well, that's not a good sign <laughs> that you've got a strong. Well, now we all need David to go Duchovny read that. has been reported to have had a sex addiction at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a whole yeah. show about it. Yes, that's why he did the show. I thought, yes. right? Correct. Yes, like, something like that. So, <gasps> okay. Okay. Anyway, it was it was for the Guardian. It's I really enjoyed doing it. Um, he was very open, and I thought we had a great yeah. conversation. And then it ran. And then I found out we didn't have a great conversation <laughs> because I mentioned the thing that was common knowledge that he That's didn't want wild. me to mention, which he didn't say. You got to say yeah. these things up front. Mm-hmm. Celebrities, if you're listening to this and you're a celebrity, let me just tell you, <laughs> if you have things you don't want to talk about with a journalist, you have to say that on the record. Otherwise, I don't sorry, want you to David Duchovny. This. Yeah, I'm. Uh, whoops. Okay, that's your fault, dude. He was a very nice yeah. man. And we had a good conversation, but he, he something, something that's, happened. That's so weird because, like, up. yeah, that's because, like, it's not just like common knowledge. Again, he did a show. He did about a show it. about in it in the news. It's in the like, news. <laughs> I think it's just to intimidate people and hope that that you can scare them with a with a, a letter yeah. from a lawyer. All right. In our last few minutes, Jonathan, let's walk. A, let's go through some broken news. Will do. That's um, good. The first first big broken news story has to do with the CIA. Mm. Yes, the CIA says that Havana Syndrome is not a sustained global campaign what? by a hostile power. Huh. Um, Get out of here! Hmm, I know. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Huh. After all mm. that news coverage. Um, about it Uh, the agency says it could not rule out foreign involvement in uh, the original 21 cases uh, that kicked this whole thing off at the u.s embassy in havana cuba in 2016 and 2017 but that the vast majority of cases have other reasonable explanations Mm. seems Mm. reasonable interesting um Hmm. good for them for, God, uh, they they for finally letting us it. know. They all ended up um, being a bad case of diarrhea. What a bizarre three weeks that was of just like so many articles, breathless coverage of all these people claiming that this was some sort of weird microwave weapon, like with no like very confidently too. I remember just like so many people being like, "This is obviously fake." What are you talking about? And people getting like kind of mad. And like comparing it to like this is like uh, early COVID deniers and stuff. Like, what the fuck are you? T- are you kidding me? Oh yeah, yeah there there are people who are still very upset about this. Like, there are a lot of um, uh, a lot of patients, a lot of officials, because they say this is not a the, the CIA did this on their own. This was not connected to the Department of Defense. Like, we are still looking into it. There are a bunch of people online who are still very angry um, about it. If this was 1992, it would have been an even bigger story, and every oh, late night sure. talk show host would have told 12 Havana Syndrome jokes. You about this uh, Havana Syndrome? Yeah. What was that, like Montezuma's Revenge? <laughs> <laughs> but now, it's like the 17th most popular story in the news. Um, and that's sad. I feel like Havana Syndrome didn't we get We could have gotten some more mileage out of this. Too. Yeah. For right. sure. Yeah. It's not, not going to be a blip maybe. on I love the 2020s. Well, Let's see. Maybe, maybe after people listen to this episode, it'll start trending. We'll yeah, let's see. Get it going. 
Yeah. I did like this little bit you've included, Jonathan. One unnamed official who has experienced symptoms said the government made a mistake in asking for other officials to report if they had similar unexplained symptoms. This opened the door to hundreds of cases and broadened the scope of what those original Havana people experienced. Yeah, you put the thought in their minds. Yeah, do you experience headaches in your life? <laughs> Have you felt dizzy a little bit sometimes? Do you, like, feel, uh, do you have feelings of dread in your basement or attic? <laughs> then call the ghost. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, one more story for us, please. You got or it. Two, whatever, uh, last night, the uh, the voting rights acts were well. The voting rights acts were not specifically voted down. The filibuster change that would have allowed the Democrats to pass the voting rights acts with a simple majority were voted down as expected. Um, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema said they supported the bills, but they didn't support changing the filibuster rules. So that stuff is dead. Hey, Jonathan, uh, Biden, do you have a wet fart sound effect? Oh, let me see. What fart? What fart? What fart? No, the best I can do is movie horn. Oh, I guess mm. that's just an inception <laughs> thing. Well, that sounds Not like a quite. wet fart. Yeah, it yeah. does kind of. Yeah. That's yeah. gonna work for it. Um, yeah, so that's that's a bummer. Joe uh, Joe Manchin. Joe Biden says that the not all options are off the table. I didn't see. I, I don't have his exact quote, but he said there's still something we can do. And then trailed off slowly. You know what's gonna be badass is when Joe Manchin mm-hmm. declares for the 2024 Democratic primary. Ooh, that's gonna kick ass, baby. Let's yeah. do it. Um, I. Uh, we'll just say I hope there's a primary at all. I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. Um, but we don't. Des- I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're just going to get behind. Like they're going to drag Biden, Grandpa Biden Moses Harris, out for right? another four-year term. Oh God! Didn't he say he's so, only going right? to do it once? Um, although it is only like we're going into his second year, so like maybe not. Who knows how how tired he will be next year? I mean, year. he's already um, old. But it may not I, be a debate for the general election but if there is there is a possibility that both candidates could die on stage <laughs> and wouldn't that be great for ratings yeah that it was like, it was I mean, true in 2020 and it's really true next time. Didn't think it's, about 2020. True. it's gonna be extra true uh <sighs> god um what a it's really hard to have anything to say about this voting rights <laughs> nothing good to say about the filibuster because it. it's incredibly depressing and demoralizing and uh and fucked. It's fucked. <laughs> but at least something. Surely, at least something. Right? Yeah. Think about yeah. That? Hey. There is yeah. that. And I, I am mm-hmm. going to hang my hat on that for mm-hmm. quite a while that there is something. At least. And, something. Uh, something and it's maybe. never been better mm-hmm. than it has been now. Oh. Something. something. Hang your we're hat at, on we're it. We're at the peak cover of something up. right now. So hang your hat on that and cover it up so that we don't think have to Think about this, it. kids. Something. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Say what he said for everybody. He's 80 years old. He doesn't know (laughs) what the fuck he's saying half the time. He's just a little fucking Energizer Bunny robot who says racist shit. He doesn't know what the fuck he's saying. I think he he means it. I think that's a mask slip, you know, because he's old. He said black Americans vote at the same levels as Americans. 
Yeah. I don't. I, it doesn't uh, matter. They don't, the, the idea of a mask slip with this person is so be, beside the point. Like, we know what he stands for. We know yeah. what his policies are. This is not a gotcha moment for uh, Mitch McConnell. No. Yes, he's been got. Nothing is. Here's there's a photo there's of no him gotcha posing in front of anybody. a Confederate flag. Yeah. There's no more gotchas to be had here. We are beyond gotchas for this entire political, uh, uh, con- like the entire political spectrum. The system. Everybody oh, yeah. knows who everybody is and what they stand for. Let's stop trying to be like, oh, look, he said it. He said the quiet part out loud. Like, yeah, yeah. you're right. He did for the 170,000th time. Right. The quiet part has always been pretty loud. It's um, never been quiet. Yeah. These people have been stoking racial division since the 70s. Yep. I'm not um, yelling at you, Katie. I just wanted that no. to be clear. I <laughs> You're not. I frustration. know. Well, right. And like, I, I mean, to what we were talking about earlier, like, no, this doesn't. I mean, it's fucking wild. I'm looking at it now. It's what a what a what a quote, Mr. McConnell. Um, but to what we were talking about, like the very beginning, like nothing will happen. And that's that. That's the end of it. Right. Yeah. He'll like, see it as a mistake. Yeah, um, it's like the the Crenshaw thing from a couple of days ago, where he like berated <laughs> that ten year old girl for like quoting him and like questioning his faith or whatever. It's like that's that would be a thing fifteen years ago, but now yeah. it's just like yeah, that's just what people do these days. Not right? even fifteen years ago. I mean, think about twenty twelve. Mitt Romney said one kind of maybe possibly offensive thing about poor people. Mm. <laughs> on yeah, tape, and that ruined and he's not even on career. video doing it. I mean, the binders full of women, right? That was a, binders uh, full of women. Yeah, yeah so many gaps. Yeah, uh, Howard was, Dean was, got in trouble for hooting and hollering. Yep, that was that was the anniversary. That <laughs> like, was yesterday. Yeah, it was incredible to see. Was it really? A, yeah, I do like, believe. Wow, I do I can't believe, believe very strongly that was the end of socialism in this country. Because <laughs> then we just kind of made it all a joke. Like he was this guy who had these. <laughs> important ideas and he was doing yeah. well in, in up to that point and then we're like ah, yeah. look at him he's a big idiot he screamed <laughs> he said yeah loudly it's so he showed bizarre. a moment of vulnerability and enthusiasm in front of people Fool. so let's yeah. let's pillory him and it ruined his his political career forever it's so forever. Yeah, depressing but to, not to mitt think romney's about that. mitt romney made Oh no, he's Romney's like fine. He, he disappeared for a while and now he's a senator. So he's he's yeah. fine. Well, I mean, you Howard know, Dean got to be the head of the DNC, the most thankless job yeah, in the right? country. Right? Like, I'm sure the Howard Dean's dream job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, more people would rather be the GM of the New York Mets than be mm. the head of the DNC. For I would sake. say absolutely everybody should prefer that job. Guys, we're out of time this week. I'm sorry to break that news uh, to you well time is fine but we will be back next week they've plugged some stuff what are you working on right now um you can uh, follow me on twitter at dave underscore shilling and uh you can uh, look out for my uh, style column in the la times uh pretty much every month um the magazine image the that I, I write for the style magazine insert of the times has taken a couple months off uh for the for the new year but we'll be back in march so look out for that please and of course let's uh, watch some more news the yeah. thing we all work on together good advice yeah that's important i love advice. that plug i love yeah. all these plugs thank do you do it listen to dave uh, guys, we will be back next week and in the meantime remember that we love you very much Farmo. Farmo. God damn it.